Hey, it's Kirsten. Do you feel like you're spending way too much money on supplements? When I started out on my health journey, I was also shocked about how expensive high quality supplements were, especially as I was upping how many I was taking. That's why when I became a practitioner back in 2018, I started offering my clients a way to save up to 25% off many of their supplements through a company called Wellevate, which is spelled W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-E. Through Wellevate, you can order many of the supplements that you're already taking, like Pure Encapsulations, Gaia Herbs, Enzymetica, and others at discounts of up to 25% off retail. And shipping is free for orders over $49 within the United States. The only way to buy supplements through Wellevate is through a practitioner, and I will earn a small commission at no additional cost to you while you're saving money. So if you want to start saving upwards of 25% off your supplement bill, go to the resources page on my website at carefullyhealing.com forward slash resources and go to the Wellevate section. You don't have to be a client, just set up your account and start saving. I'm Kirsten Ramstrom, a certified holistic health coach, and welcome to the Quest for Healing podcast. Whether you're just starting out on your health journey or you're farther down your path, I've created this podcast to inspire and inform your health journey through first, some extraordinary healing stories from real people, second, an exploration of some intriguing healing modalities, and third, through conversations with enterprising people who are making a difference in the health of our world. Welcome to episode 31. My guest today is Kelly McConnell. Kelly suffered for years with breast implant illness and didn't understand, despite consulting with many doctors over the years, the root cause of her crushing fatigue, chemical and food sensitivities, and eventually tremors in her arms and legs. And she also ended up collapsing periodically, all while trying to raise her two small children. This is such an incredibly important topic, and I don't think it gets enough attention out there, especially as more women each year are led to believe that these implants are harmless now because the manufacturers claim that they're safer, all while they're making women everywhere sicker each year without realizing the cause. Kelly is a breast implant illness warrior and a Reiki practitioner. If you're new to this topic, check out her Instagram account at B-I-I underscore awareness, where she has posted about her health journey and a lot of extremely important information about breast implant illness. I know that I was very surprised and even shocked about some of what I learned from her posts. So I'm incredibly grateful that she's agreed to be on the show. So if you're curious about breast implant illness, or you're just looking for an inspirational healing story, this episode is for you. And as I've mentioned before, I am not a doctor and these discussions are not intended to provide medical advice, but rather to give you examples of methods and modalities that you may find interesting, informative, or helpful. Please work with your doctor as you undertake your own health journey. And with that, let's go to the episode. Kelly, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you being here. Of course. Thank you so much, Kirsten. You know, it sounds like we've had similar journeys. And I, I love what you do. You're, you know, you want to help people in their journey, uh, just look just like I want to. So I, it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I appreciate you having me here today. It's an honor. Thank you. And I'm really excited to have you on because I have not had somebody on yet to talk about breast implant illness. And I think this is such an important topic and I have followed you on Instagram and you have so much good information up there. And 
I have not had breast implants. So I was not fully aware of just how dangerous these can be. And I had listened to medical mediums radio show about them, but really digging into your Instagram platform, I was amazed at what's really going on in that space. Because like so many people, I think I had followed it on the news when they had done recalls and they said, no, 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 now they're safe. And they really aren't that safe. So I really, I'm, I'm so excited to highlight your story. I appreciate that. So why don't you take us back to when you got your breast implants and what precipitated that? Okay. Yeah. So I was 22 years old and, you know, kind of growing up my whole life, I just always wished that, you know, I had larger breasts, especially that uneasy age when, you know, you're going through puberty and some other people may look differently than you looked. It just, it kind of all stemmed from there and it didn't bother me horribly, but, you know, it was right around the time where, you know, breast implants were becoming popular again, you know, people were getting them you know, when you looked around, that's what you saw. So it put that in your mind as like, wait, you know, that's, that's the norm. That's how I'm supposed to look. And, you know, I was kind of always raised where, you know, by my parents where, you know, your body can, your body can fight it off. You know what I mean? Like I always felt that I was somewhat invincible, you know, and these things aren't going to happen to me. So, but I was a little skeptical of getting silicone. So I was like, Hey, you know, sailing implants, how hard can they, you know, how damaging can they be? They're putting a bag of salt water in your chest, you know, if they leak, okay. And they rupture, then it's just salt water, right? You know, your body absorbs it and you, you go back in and get a new set. So, you know, I, I was naive. I didn't think much of the dangers and I was more looking at my appearance and, you know, my, what was important to me at that time is certainly a, a lot different to, the, to what I value now these days on this this journey that I've been on. Um, so at 22, I decided to get saline implants. Basically, right away, there were slight symptoms that I did notice, but they were not very intense at all. And you know, at 22 years old. I was at a stage where like on the weekends, you know, I didn't have a drinking problem, but you know, I was going out on the weekends, enjoying myself and I didn't have any children. And, you know, when I got done my, my job at five o'clock, I could come go home and take a nap. So I did have fatigue, but it was nothing that was so debilitating. And in my lifestyle that it seemed that, that much of a concern, I did notice, you know, my whole life, I slightly suffered with some sorts of hypoglycemia and just, you know, some sensitivities needing to eat long, getting moody when I hadn't eaten. And I do notice that that severely intensified. So the first symptoms I noticed were the fatigue and, you know, some blood sugar irregularities and some, some hypoglycemia. And it just seemed like as the years went on, the fatigue would kind of set in a little bit more. I seemed to have like stronger sugar cravings, you know, as the years went on, it would just be like little symptoms that would start to like intensify. I would notice that I had more food sensitivities, um, digestive issues, things of that sort. So like every year it just seems like another symptom would kind of start. 
mm-hmm. then the symptoms would intensify. So as I like, I look back, it was just such a slow progression that it was hard to pinpoint. And, you know, I had no problems with my implants itself. You know, I never had any pain, anything like that. So the last thing that I would have ever thought of was to go back to my plastic surgeon and say, you know, Hey, I'm having a problem with my implants. You know, those were not the type I was going to my family care. Hey, I'm starting to feel fatigue. So they would do the basic things. Oh, maybe you're anemic, you know, could it be your thyroid? You know, things like that, like the, the basic um, type of things. But it never occurred to you that any of this could be complicated by the breast implants. It did not even cross my mind. Okay. It did not, you know, and it's probably for hard when other people hear my story. It's like, well, well, how didn't you know? But it was just, it was such a, a slow progression for so much time. And I always laugh because I'm like, if this would have happened after I had kids, I would have known like, hey, I'm feeling fatigued. <laughs> but I was kind of at that point in my life where, you know, like a little bit of fatigue, it didn't didn't affect me too, too much. And it was kind of like such a slow progression that I, I didn't notice the, the level of fatigue, you know, that, that was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I got, so I got married at 28. So it was June, 2011. And I actually got pregnant with my daughter on my honeymoon. I was very blessed. I told my husband, we wanted to have kids right away. And Lo and behold, <laughs> that's perfect. Yes. So I noticed, and I don't know if this was was tied to the implants, but I did have hyperemesis. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. I'm not. Why don't you tell us what that is? So it's basically just like horrible morning sickness that just does not go away. So it started pretty much when I got back from my honeymoon. So my husband had this this wife that was. <laughs> I was sick all the time and it lasted till I was about 16 weeks pregnant. And thankfully some people have it their whole pregnancy. God bless them because those 16 weeks were absolutely brutal, just completely nauseous 24 seven. So again, I don't know if that was, that was tied to the implants, but after having my daughter, the fatigue got worse. I started having some light tingling you know, down my legs, down my arms, I noticed that I started to be, you know, like before I used to like to put on perfume, putting on perfume, even certain sunblocks, I wasn't using natural ones at the time, I just noticed some slight chemical sensitivities um, that had started in the food sensitivities and the digestive issues and bloating and things like that seemed to get worse. Mm hmm. Um, but it was all manageable, you know, the fatigue got worse, but I guess you that's expect it right as a new mother, you know, you're not, you're not sleeping as well. So still didn't really put um, any of the puzzle pieces together. And then I got pregnant with my son. So my kids are exactly two years apart. So my daughter, you know, a couple months after my daughter's first birthday, I got pregnant with my second child. Hyperemesis was worse with him. Again, I don't know if that was tied to the implants. Um, and after I had my son, after a couple months is when the symptoms really got bad. So the nervous system issues got a lot worse, more fatigue. 
I started to get headaches. I started to get tremors, tingling down my arms and legs, digestive stuff worse, uh, food sensitivities got really, really bad. And that August um, is when things got really, really bad. I would, I, I collapsed for the first time. So oh wow, it's hard to kind of explain what was actually happening because people are like, oh, did you faint? But I didn't faint. You know, when you faint, you're unaware of what happens and you kind of like fall over. The best way to describe it would be that I had such a weakness in the, in my body. I just, it almost felt like the weakness would go through my whole body. And I was like an accordion and I would kind of drop to the ground. And, and so you were conscious, you were, you were awake, correct, you remember it, correct. but your body just gave out. Absolutely. Like my husband would call my name and this happened, you know, that after the first time, then it continually happened. And when my husband would call my name, sometimes I could, I could hear him. I was aware, but I was so weak that I couldn't even speak. Oh my God. So what kind of impact was this having on your life? I mean, it sounds like this started two months after the birth of your son, um, which from my math puts us at sort of August, 2014. So you have a three-year-old, no, you have a two-year-old at home. Correct. <laughs> and you've got a small baby who you might have even been trying to carry around when some of this was going on, right? Yeah. Luckily, I wasn't holding on any of the times. And like I would kind of feel the weakness and I'd I'd feel very weird and foggy. So thankfully I would kind of know when it was coming on. Oh, thank um, goodness. Yeah, very blessed for that, right? But that that's a very good point that you're bringing up, especially um, and you know, I would have like like tremors and blinking of the eyes. Like I'd have like kind of symptoms that, that I knew that it was coming on. What were the tremors like? It would mainly, it would be in my legs and arms and it was just, just like a, a compulsive, like, like shaking. Yeah. It, it's just a very scary experience. And the first time it happened in August, you know, of course my, my husband, takes me to the hospital and I think, okay, great. I'm going to go to the hospital. They're going to tell me what's wrong with me and I'll know what's wrong with me and life will go back to normal, right? I'll figure it all out. And anybody that's been on this journey and including you, Kirsten, know that unfortunately that's, that's just, that's just not how it works. Um, in many cases, especially with, with chronic illness. Right. Absolutely. So what happened when you got to the hospital? So when I got to the hospital, they did like the normal testing, made sure, you know, my electrolytes were good, made sure my blood sugar was good. My blood sugar was a little bit low. Um, and after they did, you know, a lot of the testing, it was basically, you know, a new mother, she's stressed out. She's, you know, got a full-time job you know, it must be anxiety or stress, or maybe she just wants a break. <laughs> so, you know, they, they sent in the, um, psychologist and, you know, the, the neurologist, um, you know, at the hospital was really happy to just say it was just anxiety. And, you know, I was either making it up or, you know, it was all in my head. But when the psychologist came in, I think he could clearly tell that, I was very mentally stable and I was just scared with what was going on. And I don't think the, 
the neurologist was very happy uh, with that answer. That wasn't the answer that she was looking for. So they decided to take my license away and send me home with no diagnosis. But they took your driver's license away. Yes, they took my driver's license away. Oh my yes. God, but no answers. No answers. No answers. And so how did you how did you proceed with life at that point? You've got two little kids at home. Like were you still working? I I was still working. Yeah. And luckily I was able to see a really good neurologist that, you know, like saw me and I had been doing better after I left the hospital at that time. I I cut out gluten and I started to feel like really, really good. And I thought that that was the answer. But unfortunately, it was, you know, it was a step in the right direction. But my body was beyond that point, right? There was, I didn't know what it was, but there was something that was holding me back. And I wasn't going to be able to to heal without finding that answer. (laughs) Yeah. And so you went to the neurologist separate from the hospital. And so correct. Did that neurologist have a better idea of what was going on? No. No, unfortunately not. No, he didn't have much of an idea, much of an idea at all. Yeah, he was he was very confused um because you know when he did the diagnosis and and the testing and everything seemed good at that point and I guess I kind of just had in my head like okay, like I stopped the gluten and and life will will go back as normal. And so you were, you were feeling better though. You weren't having as much fatigue and your body was holding up better. I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was definitely feeling a lot better. And then we were ready to, we, we put our house on the market and that at that time, you know, I was feeling good and we were ready to, you know, now we had the, we were a family of four. So we were ready to move, move into a, a larger home. And then I think the stress of the move reactivated everything um, and, and everything came back worse and and more symptoms were included. So I think definitely the stress of the move, and I'm not sure if it was initially something in my house that had initially set me off because I think my nervous system and my body was just so on edge. It didn't take much, something that you know, wouldn't affect the average person. I became so sensitive to, uh, when I would go into my basement, I would collapse and we got it tested and there was no mold, but it could have been the carpets, right? Like my, it was just, it had gotten to the point where it was like, my body felt like it was being poisoned and I was literally like hanging by a thread. So it didn't take much to just set me off and to go back into back into that downward spiral. You know, oh. I noticed I had gotten a memory foam mattress. I was so excited to get a king bed. And I was like, well, I'll wait till we move. And I was sleeping on a memory foam mattress. Uh, that could have been something that set me off. You know, it was just, it did not take much to, to, to get those, those symptoms rolling again. Oh my goodness. And now, I mean, you've been on this health journey a long time and so have I, and we've learned of all the different things that can be triggers. And so I think it's interesting, you know, you bring up, there's something in the new house. I mean, who knows what it was? It could have been anything, right? It could have been sprayed. 
It could have been paint fumes. It might've been mold that they just couldn't detect. It could have been the new mattress. Like there's a million things (laughs) to consider, especially when you're that sensitive. Oh my goodness. So life at this point must've been pretty tough. It certainly was. And I got to the point where I was just, there was literally like nothing that I felt safe eating. So I, you know, I'm, I'm five, six, I'm a little taller than average. And I do, you know, I've always been very into, to working out. So I do have a decent amount of muscle and, you know, my, my healthy weight has always been like the 118. I've gone, you know, five pounds above a little bit below, but I, you know, I got to 105 pounds. So I gotten very thin at the time because I was so fearful to eat because anything that I ate would set me off. And what was your diet like at that point? I know you've said that you would cut out gluten, but like what other kinds of things were you eating? So it seems I I was eating a lot of the gluten-free stuff, a lot of the rice, but then I had discovered that a lot of times when it's gluten-free, they're putting like cheap corn and other products in it. So I noticed that I didn't do great with just like a lot of grains in general, but I was still into like, you know, having some of the convenience stuff and like the granola bars that were gluten-free, like very like on the go stuff, which is, it's great to cut out the gluten, but that's not, you know, the, the one size fits all. But when things really, you know, I would stay up all night, just like living in this absolute fear, praying and praying and praying, like just with this, this horrible anxiety and fear for my kids. Cause I felt like I was dying this, you know, this slow death, this symptoms that I had, um, anybody that's dealt with any of these these wacky nervous system issues. It's just, it's just, it's, it's so, so scary. Cause you just feel like your body is, is completely shutting down. You have the brain fog, all of this going on, but I really just, I say my kids kept me alive. They did. They saved my life because I just, I was not willing to give up. I would stay up all night searching online, which I know can be a good thing and a bad thing. Um, it certainly can. You know, you have to be careful of everything that you read, but without having, you know, like social media and everything that we have, I would still be sick. But I mean, that's the thing when you're not getting answers from the doctors, right? The doctors don't have answers for you, or they come up with something like it's all in your head. And you're like, I know this is not all in my head. There's a bunch of stuff that's going on in my head and I got brain fog and I got fatigue, but I'm not making the rest of this up. And it's just, it, you've got to try to find your own answers when the people who are supposed to have the answers don't have them. Yeah. Which gets me into, I must've treated with about six different holistic practitioners and doctors. And I tried everything from acupuncture and all of that. And there was nobody that could ultimately heal me. I'm thankful for each and every one of them, even though sometimes they gave me supplements that could quite possibly have made me worse. But I think that everybody that was brought into my life, including these holistic, you know, practitioners, they, I learned something from all of them, whether it be something from, you know, to improve my health or on my journey or some type of lesson 
or whatever it might have been. So I'm thankful for all of it. I have, you know, it's all part of my journey. And I know that this was all the plan for me. And I'm, I'm thankful for my journey. But there was three of them that I actually mentioned the implants to. And they had all said that it couldn't be the implants. Now, everybody, even including doctors, practitioners, plastic surgeons, there's thank God for social media because so many brave women are out there sharing their stories, looking to help other people spreading awareness. I think that things would be a lot differently now. Mm -hmm. And that's such a beautiful thing. But, you know, at that time, it, it, you know, nobody believed that. And these were the same ones that were telling me, like, be careful of, you know, like, like dental, anything that you, you know, put in your body, anything like, and it was just surprising were the things that they had told me that they were so knowledgeable not to do. And they didn't think it could be the implants, but, you know, then I kind of would go back to it. Wait, like, it's just saline in my body, even if they ruptured, it doesn't make sense. Like they wouldn't. And I think part of me, although I want it to get better, I didn't want the implants to be the answer, you know, and our mind is so powerful. And I guess I still had more lessons to learn on my journey. I I wasn't there yet. Right. Maybe it wasn't the timing for me to, to know what, what the cause was. (laughs) Right. There was still some other learnings you were supposed to get. Exactly. It's amazing how those journeys work. It sure is. It sure is. So now let's get, let's get to the, to the beauty of all of this, right? (laughs) Yes. So, and I wish I could remember what got me to buy medical mediums first book. I, I can't remember. I can't remember if it was something online that brought me to it. But I remember it was December 2017. I can I could find the exact date right <laughs> on my Amazon purchases. <laughs> Couldn't we all, right? Yep. That I bought Medical Medium's first book. And, you know, it was very hard with me for, with the brain fog and I would really trail off. I've always had like a tinge of, of ADHD and it was always very hard for me to focus and kind of keep myself centered and not kind of trail off. And I opened this book and I started reading and I couldn't put the thing down. My husband's like, you're reading again. I mean, he was in utter shock that I, that I couldn't put this book down. And the mindset that medical medium gave me of the, the respect for my body, the understanding of my body, the messages that my body was giving me, and just the respect to know that my body fights for me every day. And the, the chemical processes that, that, that our body goes through, what our liver does for us to, to try to detox, to keep us alive, just completely, you know, changed my mindset. I would still randomly go to, you know, traditional doctors and, you know, do like antibody tests. And then they thought I had lupus and, you know, they would check me for MS. And I finally got to the point where I was like, you know what? I don't need this 
this diagnosis. And I, I don't remember exactly what part of medical mediums book said this because I've, I've read them all or if it was one on one of his radio shows and I might not be be getting this exactly right, but it was something along the lines of, you know, you go to the doctor, they give you this autoimmune diagnosis, you get in your car and now you feel like your body, now I'm going to (laughs) cry, has completely given up on you. You've Mm -hmm. lost all hope your body's attacking itself. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need to go down that rabbit hole. You know what? Like whatever it is that's going on with my body, I don't need this diagnosis. And nobody's going to, I felt like nobody's going to be able to heal me. I am going to be the one that needs to heal myself with this guidance. And I've always been a very intuitive person. I need to um, dig deeper there. I need to meditate more. I need to shut off the mind and understand that my body can, can literally tell me what it needs. That next year, I got su- such a deep connection with my body and would just crave the weirdest things. I would crave radishes and I would eat radishes like it was my business for 10 days straight. And I would sprinkle organic garlic powder on these radishes, or I would just be eating garlic cloves, you know, to the point where my family didn't want to be around me. (laughs) (laughs) And so how did you get in touch with that intuition? Like what had changed that really connected you with that? Like, was there a practice involved in that or was it a mindset shift or? Uh, All of that. So a mind, a mindset shift, you know, changing that that, that mindset through medical medium and knowing that my body can heal, you know, reading the, you know, the life changing. I love the life changing food books. That one is phenomenal. I, whenever like there are certain foods in there, I'll read it to my kids. And it's just like the spiritual lesson that, that book, I love them all, but there, there's so much beauty and that, and just really respecting my food and being so incredibly thankful that, that we have these foods and, and, and knowing that, you know, these were put on earth that God has these, these wonderful healing foods that, that we can have and just how wonderful food can be as medicine. It really got me to dig deeper between the meditation and I had to learn to know my body on a whole new level because I literally had to scan my surroundings because I was so sensitive and Mm -hmm. anything could set me off. And there were certain things that I had a very difficult time pinpointing. I'm like, Oh, am I allergic to this? Am I allergic to this? And then I would start to realize like, okay, well I'm eating organic olives in a jar. Well, why am I getting set off by this? But the little tricky ingredients, like the natural flavors and the citric acid, all of those that he has on the list to avoid really got me to understand like, no, like I'm not sensitive to the olives. You know, I'm not, I, I, it got me to be able to, to dig deeper because I was buying all of this, you know, organic food and healthy food, but it didn't take much for like one little ingredient to be in there to completely set me off. That's amazing because a lot of people I know aren't, 
quite that sensitive. My body is not that sensitive. And so <laughs> like if I ate some olives and they had one of those in that, I wouldn't know it, but yeah, I mean, it really, it, it really reinforces that if you're not feeling the effects of some of those, what I think of as sort of the smaller ingredients, right? They're not sort of the big, the big troublemaker foods he talks about, which are eggs and gluten and dairy. They're sort of the smaller ones, the natural flavors, the citric acid, things like that. But just because you're, you know, just because my body is not as sensitive to your body or that those don't set off whatever the pathogens are that I have in my body doesn't mean that they're good for my body and they're not a problem. It just means I don't feel it. And then we have people like you who are more of the canary in the coal mine where it's saying, (laughs) oh yeah, this is an issue. As frustrating as it is, it's quite a blessing. I mean, I, and again, I'm, I'm very intuitive. I have been such since a child and, and this health journey. And, and trust me, there was times that I was on the floor and I didn't even get into this where I felt myself going out, where I saw angels and I prayed my heart out. And I think that a lot of that really brought in the intuitive nature and the intuitive, you know, power that my, that my body has. It just, it brought it all to another level. And I've been able to, to tap into that gift more and more. But a lot of times when people have these, these life death experiences is when they are able to, to tap more into, into their, you know, their intuition. Uh, Mm -hmm. There was also a time that I was lying in bed and I could feel myself completely going out. And my husband said, it's going to be okay. And I looked him straight in the face and said, no, I'm dying. And he just looked at me. He's like, oh, you're going to be okay. And I looked at him. I said, no, look at me right now. I'm dying. I could feel my, my body going out. And all I pictured was my kids waking up in the morning and walking down the hall and me not being alive. And it's just like, I all of a sudden had this amazing superpower that, that just took over me. And it just, I was not going to let that happen. I just was not, it was (sighs) so yeah, (laughs) I'm kind of trailing off a little there, but I really, no, but it's so important, right? Like that's, that's the journey, right? Yeah. And and the mindset of medical medium really got me there. I mean, I can go to the grocery store and 99% of the time I buy organic. But, you know, with the produce, sometimes my daughter wants strawberries. There's a farm store down the street that doesn't always have organic. I mean, I literally can pick up certain strawberries and know if they're not organic, if I can wash them and they will be okay. I can... I can feel the energy off of them. It's it's pretty remarkable how in tune I am. So, you know, although it although it's fresh, frustrating that I still I've healed so much, but I think I'm always going to be be sensitive because I'm so aware now, right? We can't unknow what we know. I say it to my family all the time that I drive absolutely nuts. <laughs> I said, I can't, I can't unknow what I know. I just, I know too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's become one of your superpowers. Yeah. Well, th- that's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful way to put it. 
But it's, I mean, what a gift to be able to know when you pick those up, if they've got so many chemicals on them that you can't touch them versus nope, they'll be okay if if I wash them. Yeah. That's wonderful. At what point did you start connecting that the breast implants were the issue? That's a great question. So September of 2018 was where I just, I was at my wit's end. I was scared. I felt like I was dying. I felt like I was being poisoned. I had tried everything. I had completely, you know, followed everything that medical medium had said. I, you know, completely was 110% dedicated to my diet. I had completely taken all chemicals out of the house. I changed all the light bulbs to healthy light bulbs. I got a water scum put in. I got you know, special air purifiers put in. I had no chemicals. I I completely revamped everything. Lived in a bubble, I guess you could say. And I just, I knew in my heart that there was something that was holding me back from healing. And I thought, hey, you know, I I bet if I talk to uh, Anthony Williams, he could could intuitively tell me what was going on. But I knew that that was not... That was not going to happen. And I got on my hands and knees and right next to my bed. And I literally, I cried and prayed like I had never cried and prayed in my life before. I had done this many times on my journey, but this was a whole new level. And I basically just said, God, I'm missing something. I know I am not going to heal what is going on? Is, is it something genetic? Is it something rare? What is going on with me? And I felt as I prayed that this was definitely tied to medical medium, to some sort of answer. And I just prayed for signs, something to, you know, let me know to, to, to help me to, to get to that next level, because I knew that there was something missing and and what i what i was doing was was just not going to work until i figured it out and within the hour i got into bed and i was watching all of medical medium's radio shows each week i'd look forward to them if you haven't listened to those yet he had a whole series of radio shows before he'd launched the podcast that he started yes. i think in 2015 on hay house radio a lot of them are still available on SoundCloud. He has brought some of them over to Apple Podcasts, but a lot of those are still available if anybody's interested in going to find those. Yeah, so I got into bed and hear a ding and I check my email and here's the pop-up of what next week radio show is going to be for medical medium. And it was on breast implant illness. And I didn't even need to. I didn't even need to watch the radio show to know at that point. I was like, wow. Part of me was like, well, thankful I found the answer. And part of me was like, oh, darn. (laughs) It's not the answer that I was hoping for. But at that point, I mean, having my implants was definitely, I mean, I would have done anything to, to feel better at that point. So I anxiously awaited that, that radio show to come out that Monday and I watched it and I knew that my prayers had been answered and I knew my answer and I started to search online and wow, a lot of information came up and 
found out that no, it wasn't just silicone implants, that saline implants were making women sick. So on Facebook, I found a breast implant illness support group where at the time there was about 40,000 members. This was September, 2018. So only two and a half years ago. And now there are over 140,000 members. So there's a tons of information on there. And as I read these stories, I was just in tears, you know, all these random, just weird, bizarre symptoms that I was having, you know, all these women had similar stories to me. So that just, you know, reiterated what I already knew that it was the implants making me sick. So there was a lot of guidance on there to finding, you know, surgeons that that actually specialize in explants because there's a specific a specific way that these implants need to be taken out. They build a scar tissue around them called a capsule. And so when you do the removal process, you have to make sure that your surgeon is also removing the, the scar tissue that's surrounding the Im- implant that they call a capsule. You have to make sure that that is also removed because that can hold on to the toxins and you, you could still be sick. So, so what you're saying is, I mean, we've all seen plenty of pictures, right? You've got these pretty sort of white, clear implants that, you know, look harmless enough. They're full of quote unquote saline, right? How bad can they be? And once they put them in, Obviously, there's a surgical scar from where, where they've inserted them. But what you're saying is that there is additional scar tissue that builds up around the implant while it's in there, correct? Correct. Yes. And so your body is doing, your body is working to try to protect itself from that implant. It sure is. It sure is. Oh, wow. And in that breast implant, I will say in that medical medium breast implant illness radio show from September of 2018, he does talk about some of the mechanisms for how the body does fight that off and views it very much as an invader. So the implant is in there with the scar tissue. Does it stick to the scar tissue? So it's around it. Okay. So, so what some surgeons can do is they can cut the incision, which it's a much larger incision that they need to do to physically get the whole implant out the safe way. Okay. And when they remove it, you can just remove the implant itself or they have to very strategically actually cut around and physically take that, that capsule that's around the implant. So these explant surgeons that are used to doing it, they'll actually, you know, give you pictures, which I have on my Instagram page where the capsule, they'll remove it and they'll show you a picture with the capsule and the implant intact all together. And then they'll cut the capsule off and you can physically see the, the implants themselves. And just for reference, your Instagram, where these pictures were, and I remember looking at this, it's at B-I-I underscore awareness, correct? That is correct. Okay, perfect. So if anybody wants to go look at that right this second, that's where you can find it. But the pictures that you've put up there are pretty shocking, frankly. And my capsules are not as thick as some. I've seen some of these capsules that that you see are mind-blowing. And I had my implants for 13 years. I mean, some of these, these women have only had them for a year. 
and the, how thick their scar tissue in their capsule is, is mind blowing. And what does the implant look like when they take it out? So it depends. There's a lot of people that, that have ruptures. There's people that have mold. Mine. Mold? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So some of the saline implants, there's, there's women that post and I post, share a lot of stories on my page of women, you know, that might not necessarily have a page on Instagram, but they want to share their story. And then I'm able to, you know, share other women's stories. So they're not just, you know, just reading about me and they can see other experiences that, that women have had. Um, But yeah, sometimes there's, there's mold that actually gets in the implants and for how sick I was, no rupture, no mold. I didn't have I didn't have any of that, you know. So it just goes, and I had the safest implants, the textured implants. A lot of the textured implants were actually have actually been recalled because they cause a rare form of breast cancer. I mean, you know, mine were the safest. They were smooth. They were saline. They didn't have a rupture, and they still made me you know, deathly ill. Right. And medical medium does talk about, you know, there's far more than just saline in these, right? There's lots of heavy metals in there. And that the casing of the implant itself is full of all kinds of toxic stuff and they outgas and it seeps out in a million different ways. The radio show will explain it much more um, eloquently than I am right here. But I mean, my goodness. Yeah, bingo. That's exactly what it is. Because although I thought, hey, I'm being safe, I don't, I don't have silicone. All the implants, the shell, the casing of the implant. Although I had saline inside, the casing of the implant was made of silicone. And silicone, I have the ingredient list also on my Instagram page, is made up of carcinogens, heavy metals neurotoxins, all of this makes oh up the silicone. So that off-gassing, that medical medium talked about, you know, it's twofold. It's not just, you know, the, the foreign body invader that your body is attacking this foreign invader in the body. It's what actually makes up the physical silicone. And, you know, anything in your body, like you said, it's, it's the off-gassing that that he talks about. And it makes so much sense because the chemical sensitivity that I had, you know, I'm still slightly sensitive. And again, it might be just one of those things where I'm always going to be sensitive because I'm so aware, right? It's been bought to the attention. My, my nervous system knows, my body knows, my body is aware. But I was so sensitive. For example, when I would go to my son's school as lunch mom, they had the Lysol wipes to clean the tables. So here I'm in the bathroom. You know, I, I didn't want to be this, this crazy, crazy mom bringing in her organic wipes, right? Which I would try to sneak. Sometimes I'd get, go in the bathroom and get like a paper towel and kind of, so my hand wasn't directly touching it. But a lot of times I would, I would use those Lysol wipes and I would get tingling in my feet for about 48 hours after even like smelling or touching the wipes, or I would go to pump my own gas. And nobody ever talks about the dangers of, of pumping your gas until, you know, medical media and then brought that up. And I'm like, yep. Like a lot of the stuff he says, he's like, yep, my body's already told me that this just makes sense. You're reiterating the fact of what my body's been telling me, but I would pump my own gas. And if I'd smell the gas, there would go my feet. They might, they would tingle for, you know, two to three days. 
it would just completely set me off my husband's cologne. I mean, it it literally took nothing. I was such a level of anxiety and, and fear that I had to live because anything would set me off. I was very sensitive to, to EMS, you know, Mm -hmm. like if my husband would leave the Wi-Fi on at night, I would know I'd wake up in a panic, all of this stuff. Oh, wow. My superpower. <laughs> Absolutely. So things that, that, that are bad. Um, you know, my body was just, it was so on edge. So talk to me a little bit about the decision-making process when you decided to get the implants out. Yeah. At that point, after watching the radio show and, you know, God literally giving me the answer right there, you know, after my prayer and reading these stories on on Facebook, it was like, you know, there was no question. I've got to get the implants out. And then you kind of struggle with, okay, well, well, what will I look like, you know, after again? And, you know, like, trust me, I was so sick. I had two young kids. I would have done anything. But, you know, it's just human nature, right? Like, I got the implants for a reason. And now I'm sitting there praying, my goodness, I hope I look like I did before, you know, like, and what, what is it going to look like after these implants are removed? And there were so many, again, brave, just wonderful women out there that had also suffered that, you know, shared their before and after pictures. Luckily, I, you know, my surgeon did a, a fantastic job and, you know, I didn't have any deformities, but there are a lot of women out there that their breasts are very misshaped after, and they would share their stories and their progression, how like the, the breast would, would flop in certain, you know, like rivets and, and, um, you know, issues with their breast would fluff up and they were just, you know, so, so brave to share their stories and reading their stories and seeing all these women that, that did X plan and, and how they healed. And it really gave me the courage and the strength to make the decision and feel confident uh, about my appearance and, and how I would feel and feel confident that, you know, and people were, you know, it's some people would get their implants out and they'd immediately feel better and all their symptoms would go away. And some women would still struggle after. And, you know, all of I knew, I didn't know which I was going to fall. Would I feel better right away? Would I only have some relief? Would I still feel sick? But all I knew is that I was not going to heal with the implants. And, you know, some people may start to have some symptoms and, and change their lifestyle and, and maybe they'll, maybe they'll be okay. Maybe they just will have to be like, but be, maybe they'll have to be super careful and, you know, keep the implants if that's what they choose. But I knew that I was so deep into this, that it just was not going to happen for me. So I found a doctor in Virginia. I went to him because he was a microsurgeon. A lot of times they say sometimes the capsule can be attached to the rib or certain parts of the body. So it's not that easy. And it's really important to make sure that they do get all of that capsule out. So, you know, I live in Pennsylvania and I figured, hey, you know, what the heck? If we, you know, can travel a couple hours for vacation, what's the big deal? Like to travel to Virginia, right? <laughs> to go to a good surgeon. So I scheduled with him. And what would have been the end of September, and he was able to get me in in the beginning of December 2018. And I have to say, 
those couple months waiting were just, you know, I was definitely way more excited to get them out than I was to get them in. It was um, a long road because you kind of feel like, okay, now I know what's making me sick, but I have to wait. You know, it's like, my goodness, if I could have performed this surgery myself, I would have, you know? So it was definitely a long you know, road waiting. Cause once you, once you know the problem and you feel like, okay, like now I have to wait to get them out. It was, it was a, uh, a definitely a long couple months, but it gave me that opportunity to really ramp up and make sure I could get my body as healthy as possible. Cause we, we know like anytime we go under anesthesia or any type of, of surgery, you know, that's, that's a whole new challenge on our body. And my body was sensitive already. So I just wanted to, to use that time to really pray, get myself in the right mindset and get my body as, as healthy as I could. Mm -hmm. And so how did the surgery go? Did you get to see what yours looked like? I did. Yeah. I have the pictures on my Instagram page. I have the pictures of them intact with the capsules and then also the implants next to the capsules. Um, and I, my surgeon ones actually nice enough to send me home with the implants as well. So I've used them um, for some photos. When I shared my stories, I was holding my implants, you know, I was wrapped in caution tape, I wanted to do everything when I shared my story on Facebook, that it was going to be something that all of my friends could not miss my story. They're either like, what in the world is Kelly doing? What is she holding? what is wrapped around her? Like nobody was going to miss this message. They were, they were going to be very, very curious. <laughs> and I've seen those pictures on your Instagram account. They are very eye-catching. That's how I'll describe them. They are definitely very eye-catching. <laughs> and that was the, that was the goal. Actually, my friend Tara, who has a like local Northeast site on Facebook and has actually written a book on breast implant illness. Let me get this off my chest. And she actually has a website now we've become very friendly with. I read her book. I'll link to that book in the show notes. That would be amazing. Tara is such a beautiful person. And between, you know, September and December, while I was waiting to explant, I read, I read her story. And on the cover of her book, she is wrapped in the caution tape. And I've noticed a lot of women have done that. And I joke around with her. I'm like, oh, whoever makes this caution tape, they should be giving you some type of uh, some type of referral fee, right? It must be, but must be flying off the shelves. And it's so amazing because we've actually connected and, and become really good friends. Again, she's such a beautiful person. And I'm one of the admins of the local Northeast site on Facebook where um, where we help women locally. Great. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Yeah. That would be amazing. But so how did you feel after you had them out? So after I had the implants out, unfortunately, I wasn't feeling immediately as spectacular as I wanted to, you know, because of course you're reading these stories. You want to be that person that wakes up and it's life-changing and, and you feel wonderful. I did have some symptoms that went away almost immediately. Um, I didn't collapse anymore, which was a big one. Yeah. Right. Yes. That, that was a beautiful thing. I did not have any more tremors. The tingling down my arms and legs, I rarely had. It was like they would come in waves for about three months. I never had them as worse as I had them before. 
they would be less intense, they would happen less often, and they would go away quicker. And that's a lot of times how a lot of my symptoms that didn't go away immediately, they'd happen less and less. They wouldn't be as severe and I'd bounce back quicker. And that's kind of how I would gauge the, that healing. Of course, it's scary when something comes back, then it's like that PTSD, you know, it brings you back to that, that place that you were at. And I would have to kind of dig myself out and remind myself, thank my body for my healing. I would do custom affirmations to kind of get me centered and not get me back to that, to that dark place that I was in. So a lot of the nervous system issues got better right away. The chemical sensitivities didn't go away right away. They just kept getting better and better and better. The food sensitivities and the gut issues, they lingered on the longest. Okay. So those were, were some of the things that I struggled with the most. Mm -hmm. It was the summer of 2020 that I kind of just felt like, Hey, I've done a ton of healing, but I've got a ways to go. And one thing I want to explain here too, you know, for where I was at and with these chemical sensitivities, we know I had, and I'll get into this in a little bit, but like I suspected at the time that I had heavy metal toxicity, right? How wouldn't I? That I had an overload of toxins. I knew my liver was stressed. You know, I, it would feel very like tender to the touch. You know, mm. my, I could tell my lymphatic system was congested. You know, I would get lymph treatments done, but it was just, it would help. But it, it, my body was just so toxic and, and stagnant. My, my kidneys were, were stressed. I had trouble digesting fats, even healthy ones. It really wouldn't make sense that I would get the implants out and then feel better. Right. Because I haven't detoxed, right. I've taken out what was making me sick and potentially making me sicker and setting off this, this autoimmune response and causing these toxicities in the body. But when you take the implants out, unfortunately, wherever these heavy metals are, are stored in your cells and your organs and these toxins in the stressed liver, like that doesn't come out with the implants. So, you know, you do have to detox, right? To get rid of it. So I, I felt like that summer, I really was starting to get frustrated. I'm like, Hey, you know, it's going to be two years and in, in December, like what can I do to get there? And I felt like there was a huge emotional piece to all of it. You know, I was getting some Reiki sessions at the time and I really started to connect and, and understand that with every symptom, there was a physical, spiritual, and emotional piece to it. And we have energy blocks in our body. I kept wanting to share my story and I hadn't yet shared my story yet. You know, I kept thinking, oh, well, when I feel a little better, well, I'm not ready to just yet. And my mom got, got diagnosed with, with breast cancer. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. And, you know, she, she had a lumpectomy. They caught it very early. Like she was in the best case situation that she could have been. And she's doing fabulous now. Great. But, you know, I saw how scared she was, the pain she went through. And there are so many women on these pages, my gosh, God bless these women that are just so heroic and, and sharing their stories. And so many women that battled breast cancer and 
they get implants. Some of these women actually opted out of chemo and radiation because they are so holistic and they got implants thinking they were safe. And then they get sick with breast implant illness. There's actually some of these women that actually got another form of cancer from their textured implants. I mean, it's just, it's just heartbreaking. It doesn't even begin to touch on what I went through. I mean, I just, I, I just cannot even imagine the pain. And I thought, my goodness, you know, my mom, she just got a lump back to me, but what about these women that then get implants? I said, you know what? You have to put your big girl panties on and share your darn story. And it finally gave me the courage to share my story. I shared my my story on Facebook. Um, I have about 1,800 friends. I work at, I'm a bar instructor at a local gym. So I have a lot of, you know, friends from there. So it's definitely hard to kind of think like, will people judge me? Will people kind of laugh? Will people think that it's really not the implants? And I'm like, you know what? Who cares? And I was like, this is going to be a huge part of my emotional healing as well, right? Like I need to find purpose in this pain, you know? And I shared my story on Facebook and I have to tell, I mean, the amount of weight that had been lifted off my shoulders and how like liberating it was when I, I, I put that post. I mean, it was just such a, a magical experience for me and to no surprise the amount of women that, that reached out. And from that point, it was just, it was just amazing. And I'm like, you know what? And that's when I, I started my, my page on Instagram to spread awareness and for the longest time, I would read these inspirational healing stories on medical medium. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that would just be so darn cool. You know? And I, that summer I got certified to be a Reiki practitioner because it was, you know, so life-changing for me. And I knew I had all of this intuition and I, I realized the power of, of healing our body on that, that spiritual and emotional level as well. And I remember, you know, like sharing my story on Instagram. I started my page. And at that time, you know, I would kind of like tell my family because of course, like my family meant well. But again, I was before I explained it, like I was 105 pounds. So it was very easy for my family to not understand what was wrong and just think, okay, well, here we go. Kelly's sick. She's fallen over. She's not eating. Like, okay, the girls, the doctors say she's fine. Like, okay, the girl's anorexic, right? Like that just makes sense. That's what's going on. And, you know, for a lot, for a long time, you know, when my family would get together and, you know, I don't, I'm sorry, family, if you end up watching this radio show who might not have the healthiest lifestyles in terms of eating and, and exercise and things like that. And here is me eating all these healthy foods, doing everything I can to, to heal my body, to heal. And then sitting around eating cheesesteaks saying, how you know, I I'm anorexic. I mean, yes. Did, did that hurt? Absolutely. But then I tried to not hold on to that anger and also kind of have an understanding of where they're at. If I was in their shoes, what would I think? You know, and I, I would probably think the same thing, right? Unless you're living it, it kind of was like the only thing that made sense. So I tried to have compassion and understanding 
for where they were coming mm-hmm. from. But I was definitely a little upset because I shared my story. And I, I'm sure my mom wasn't really thrilled with the fact that my, in my picture, I was, you know, a rat, a rat in caution tape, you know, <laughs> like my mom never said anything about my story. So, you know, I just felt kind of hurt. All I kind of wanted was my mom to say is, I'm proud of you for sharing your story. You know, I'm sorry that I couldn't help you. Not even that I'm sorry. I'm I'm glad you found the answer. I'm proud of you for finding the answer. Something along those lines. And I became very good friends with um, my my Reiki uh, teacher. You know, we sat in this this beautiful park near our house, and you know, we met up, and I kind of just like opened up to her and said how I shared my story and you know, how I tagged medical medium and how like my mom had not commented on any of any of it. I just, I just felt slightly hurt. I don't know if she was kind of wondering as she was going through breast cancer, like, well, why did my daughter share this story now? And she kind of probably didn't realize that it was because of her, because I've wanted to help others because I saw their pain. And I, I opened up to her about it. And as we're sitting there in the park, my phone dings and I got the message as I'm talking with her about this, that medical medium had shared my story. And I was just in tears, speechless, over the moon. It was, it was like a dream came true for so many reasons, because it's one thing, you know, he did the radio show, but the amount of of followers that he has and me there sharing my story and my personal experience, the amount of people that this would reach was just so exciting. And I think I had maybe a hundred followers on my page and my goodness for the next three weeks, it was a full-time job. I mean, I'm up to about 1200 followers now, but I think that brought me to like to 800 within a couple of weeks and just email after email of people just, you know, reading my story and saying how it helped them and how, you know, they, they, their, their journey and their, their illnesses were so, and their symptoms were, were so similar to mine. It felt like, you know, they were reading their own story it was just unbelievable. I was so excited to get back to these people, but I didn't want to be short with them either. It was just, it was such a beautiful thing. And then the next day on Facebook, my mom commented. Oh, I heard the tears again. My mom commented on my story finally and said, you know, how she was proud. And my friend who I was in the park with, you know, saw it and, you know, hearted it. So I know that she had seen that. And it just was like, there again, how can you not have faith and and trust in God when with these type of just miraculous stories? It's just amazing. You know, it just that was so emotionally healing for me. And that's when I knew that, you know, I was going to dedicate my life to to helping others heal. You know, and there's only one person that is a healer, right? That that's God Himself. But I do feel like God has given me the gift 
to be able to help others unlock their inner healer that we all have inside of us. And I feel so blessed. I'm such, I'm in such a happy place in so September 2020. So this past September, I decided to open a holistic healing center called Crossroad to Healing. I just thought it was such a beautiful name. I have an Instagram and Facebook page. So I offer Reiki and distance Reiki. And what that does is it helps with to heal the physical, spiritual, and emotional pieces that are tied to tied to the symptoms that we have in any energy blocks or past trauma that we may have. And it's pretty cool because in my Reiki sessions, so a lot of Reiki practitioners do have an, an intuitive piece. And, and when you do have your attunement, it does help to unlock the intuition that you do have, but I've been able to tie these two together. So in my Reiki sessions, I do get angel presences and I'm able to do body scans. You know, a lot of times there'll be certain songs that are tied to it that give my clients comfort, you know, and every Reiki session can be different. You know, sometimes it's all about, you know, different energy blocks and healing the body. Sometimes there's messages for, you know, people in their family. You know, for example, I had a client who whose cousin had lost her husband on Valentine's Day and, you know, names will come to me. And it's just, I just feel like, and God has really guided me on this. And again, I'm, I'm dedicated to, to helping, you know, others heal. But the one thing that I was still really struggling with was a lot of the gut issues, digestive issues, and so, you know, some un, unstable blood sugar. So I did a hair tissue mineral analysis test and not surprised, heavy metals were really high. My aluminum was high. My cadmium was really high. And I discovered that, of course, our minerals are very important in our body, mm -hmm. right? Our, our, our levels of our minerals and mineral deficiencies. But I realized how important the mineral ratios are in our body. And through my testing, I was able to use supplements for nutritional balancing through a company that I use and I actually got certified and it's something that I am now offering. You know, it's nice when you're able to to see the impact and how life-changing that has been for yourself and after I retested after 3 months my my cadmium um I had detoxed and also my sodium potassium ratio had improved significantly, which is the most important ratio in the body. And I realized why a lot of the supplements that I had taken over the years had made me sicker. So a lot of the high doses of supplements that I was taking was further aggravating my mineral ratios. So I felt like anything that I take, you know, to, to try to help myself would, would make me sicker. So that's something that has really helped me. You know, it's like, so much healing had happened, but I felt like I kind of hit a wall and healing that emotional piece and really balancing out my gut, my mineral ratios and really detoxing the heavy metals has really helped me significantly in my healing. That's journey. amazing. So now it's May of 2021. How do you feel today? I feel good. I would say I am about 90 to 95% there. I wouldn't say I'm a hundred percent, but my blood sugar has gotten a lot better. So that seems to be pretty stable. My gut is a ton 
a ton better. I would say that's that's pretty close to to 95%. The one thing that I still seem to struggle with it and it might be lifelong for me and it might just be something that I'll have to accept, but I am I'm not as sensitive to to chemicals. I'm definitely aware, but it does seem like anything that I physically ingest can still set me off. You know, again, I don't drink tap water, but if I'm out at a restaurant and that's the only option that I have, or if I order the grilled asparagus, you know, like I might feel a little off because I don't know what they may be spraying on the grill. I don't know what they're using. So it may be something that that heals completely. It may be something that doesn't, but I'm I'm thankful for my healing and where I'm at. And, you know, I feel like there'll always be a certain level of sensitivity that my body has. I'm hoping to see a little bit more improvement there, but, you know, I'm very thankful for where I'm at now. I'm so incredibly thankful for the lessons for the journey, um, as, as dark and painful as it was at times. And Kirsten doing what you do, I'm sure you've had a very similar, similar journey and have very similar feelings, but man, I would not change a thing. I would not change a thing. And I am completely dedicated to helping spread awareness of breast implant illness through, you know, BII underscore awareness on Instagram and, I'm completely dedicated at Crossroad to Healing to helping others through hair tissue mineral analysis and nutritional balancing, through Reiki sessions to to help others heal, to believe in their bodies, to be able to unlock that healer that they have inside and, and completely just try to shift that mindset and have such gratitude for our body and all that it does for us. To, to fight for us. And, and when we can do that, it's miracles can happen. Hearing, healing miracles can happen. And as medical medium says, you know, our body can heal, our organs can heal. It's just, it's so amazing. And our body definitely believes what the mind tells it. So shifting that mindset is such a huge piece to to the healing journey. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I realize a lot of people who are new on the journey, their focus, if, if, it sort of depends on how you've come at it. If you've just found medical medium and you're focused on the food, that's a great place to start. Often after some time, people realize, yeah, there's more to it. Some people come at it from different angles too. Some people end up focusing on the emotional earlier as well. And, you know, I feel like eventually we all end up in the place that we're supposed to be at, but I really appreciate you sharing this story because, you know, the experience that so many of us went through where we got to those really, really, really dark moments and came out the other side to a much better place. We are the people who understand who are sitting in the depths of it, right? And you were saying when you were waiting for your mom to sort of acknowledge your story, like we just want to be heard for what's really happening. And it's really easy for people- who don't know what you're going through to sort of dismiss it and say, as you were saying, well, maybe she doesn't eat enough. Maybe she's anorexic. Maybe she's this, maybe she's that. And you're like, no, 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 no. This is not what's going on. There is nothing more powerful than being seen for what we're going through. And so I commend you for a putting yourself out there, starting with your Instagram group, 
to tell other people, I went through this. I understand what you're going through, but now having your own business where you're putting yourself out there to help these people, you understand where they're coming from. And there's a lot of people who don't, right? And it's why so many of us are inspired in the ways that we are after the transformations that we've gone through and the journeys that we've been through that we just want to help other people because we could have used more of that help when we were going through it too. So thank you so much for being out there like this. I'm so yeah. glad that you're you're on this side with all of us because we just need more people to spread the good word. Yeah, and you lightly you touched on something that I that I would love to mention that is such a huge piece. You know, I feel like I literally every sim- system of my body, every I feel like I literally had every symptom that you literally can have. And I joke around all the time. And I say to my husband, I think God had me experience every symptom from weight loss to weight gain to, I mean, every system of my body, you know, I had dental issues. I had vision issues. I mean, everything just started to crumble. And I feel like God had me experience every symptom possible. So I can have, I have compassion (laughs) towards whatever anybody's dealing with. I can understand what somebody's, you know, any type of symptom that somebody's dealing with. It's, it gives you, I've always been a compassionate person, but it puts that compassion at a whole, a whole nother level. Absolutely. I completely agree. Kelly, thank you so much for being on this. I I so appreciate it. I have loved this conversation. We have laughed. I have cried a few times. And I just, I'm just so amazed by the journey that you've been through. And I'm just so thankful that you're out there helping people like this because I know more people need that help. And it's just, it's a miracle. Thank you for being there. It's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you. And if you could just remind people one more time where they can find you on social media. So for information on breast implant illness, it's at BII underscore awareness. And for guidance on healing on Instagram is at crossroad to healing. Fantastic. And I'll put those in the show notes too, so that people can find you. Perfect. And again, thank you so much. This is such a gift. And thank you. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you helping me spread awareness. It's a beautiful thing when we can, we can join together to help others. I completely agree. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Show notes for this episode, episode 31 are available on my website at carefullyhealing.com forward slash podcast. If you'd like to find me on social media, I'm on Facebook at Carefully Healing and on Instagram at Carefully Healing with Kirsten, which is K-E-R-S-T-I-N. You can also find me on Clubhouse, where I host the Medical Medium Wellness Club, along with Heather Richardson. If you've been enjoying the Quest for Healing podcast, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for joining me today on the Quest for Healing podcast. These discussions are not intended to provide medical advice, but rather to give you examples of methods and modalities that you may find interesting, informative, or helpful. Please work with your doctor as you undertake your own health journey.
Hey, it's Kirsten. Before I started out on my health journey, I didn't know how poisonous many of the cleaners I used in my home were. Then when I started trying to clean the toxins out of my body, I started to question if the cleaners I was using were just adding back more. And how does that make sense when we're using toxic chemicals to get things clean? So imagine how excited I was when I found non-toxic, fragrance-free, essential oil-free branch basics cleaners. Now I use them for many things around my house, including scrubbing my kitchen and bathroom, cleaning my juicer, and as the laundry detergent for cleaning my clothes. Plus, it's also the soap that I use to wash my fruit because it's also sodium laurel sulfate free. So check out branchbasics.com. Their starter kits make it so easy to get started and you can use my code carefullyhealing, which is all one word, for 15% off your purchase. And because I always want to be upfront with you, this is an affiliate link, so I will earn a small commission if you buy using my code. But I only recommend this product because I love it and use it myself. So if you're ready to start cleaning your home with a healthier cleaner, go to branchbasics.com.